This is the Tech EU podcast, where we discuss some of the most interesting stories from the European tech scene. Subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasting fix these days. In today's episode, TechEU founder Robin Vauter sits down with Christian Raber, founder and CEO at Pitch. Hey, hey, welcome everyone. Uh, this is Robin Walters from Tech.U and I'm joined here remotely, of course, uh, we're still living in uh, COVID times, uh, by Christian Raber. He is the entrepreneur behind, uh, well, two companies now, uh, Wunderlist, famously sold to Microsoft, uh, and now Pitch uh, out of Berlin. Christian, very, very good to see you again. How are you? Uh, likewise. Thanks for, thanks for having me, Robin. Really excited to be on your podcast. I remember back when we first met, I think it was at the the factory Berlin uh, construction site. It wasn't even built yet. Uh, you were still uh, doing this company called Six Wunderkinder, I think it was called at the time. Exactly. Uh, but maybe for those uh, people who don't know you or your background, maybe you can walk us through a little bit of your uh, your career background if you if you want. Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm a uh product-driven founder, I would say. The first company, uh, I, uh, or the first real proper startup that I've started was, was Six Wunderkinder, uh, the company behind um, the more well-known product Wonderlist. Uh, we sold that to Microsoft in 2015. And since then, I do a bunch of things. Uh, I occasionally invest in startups as an angel investor. I, uh, of course, started Pitch Now, uh, my news baby. I also started a, an unofficial successor for Wonderlist, which is called Superlist. <laughs> it's also uh, another company that I'm technically, I have co-founded it, but I'm not like uh, involved day to day. Don't build the, the product myself. Um, and really what I'm focusing on is Pitch, which is a uh, uh, the next generation of presentation software for teams. So we're trying to... Uh, really help companies to to win more work, build better products by helping them to to tell better stories through amazing presentations. Great. So we're going to talk a lot more about pitch uh, in a minute, uh, but maybe just to go back mm -hmm. to the to the days that you sold uh, sold Wunderlist to Microsoft. Uh, what happened then? How did you escape the, the corporate life? Um, I actually um, didn't really uh, like uh, escape it in that sense. Like I actually got really sick from from Wunderlist. I was completely burnt out after after building my first startup for five years and i've actually started two other companies before that that kind of like ended up in almost bankruptcies and didn't really fully work out like definitely they weren't commercial success stories and i could just feel uh, uh in my bones uh, that i've like worked uh like a maniac for 10 years so when i joined microsoft um it felt like a huge uh, uh, weight off of my shoulders and my, my body just reacted to it in crazy ways. And uh, I told my uh, my team at the time that I'm not doing like really well physically. Um, then I got a bizarre cancer diagnosis just a few months later um, and got, uh, got a surgery uh, right after that, recovered from that. In the meantime, I... Uh, suggested to um, uh, to basically promote the CTO of Wonderlist to the manager of Wonderlist uh, inside Microsoft, and then after a year or so, I tried to rejoin the organization um, after I was fully recovered, 
And it was pretty clear that I'm not a manager in the traditional sense. So like managing Wonderlist as a technical into integration into a big corporate wasn't my specialty and was nothing I was really qualified for. And then uh, both me and the Microsoft team, we tried to figure out like what is a good role for a uh, entrepreneur founder based in Germany. Um, and uh, I, my wife and co-founder, uh, uh, we, we get children and we, we weren't really interested in moving to Seattle. So we really wanted to stay uh, in Berlin and Europe. Um, and it was pretty clear that it's hard to start something in an organization that size uh, from scratch. Um, I actually was pitching multiple ideas for new products that in my view would perfectly fit into um uh into the office suite and then it didn't get the funding for it internally uh like i've literally pitched internally and just failed at pitching i guess um and uh um right after that i um explored uh, MA uh, at microsoft a little bit tried to get into that team that didn't really fully work out and then after my my vesting time was done, it, it was pretty clear for, for everyone involved that uh, Microsoft just isn't the right company for me at this point. Um, so I, le I left and I also spent a little bit of time investing during my Microsoft days. So invested in companies like Lilium, more Notion and really had a blast advising other founders. Um, but then after I left Microsoft, I just knew that full-time investing wouldn't be something that I that would truly fulfill me. Uh, I love the craft of building new products and it really fills me with joy and happiness. And I just try to find something that truly excites me, fits fits our DNA as a founding team. And then I got the, the, the Wunderlist crew together and asked everyone like, hey, would you be interested to start another company with me? Here's my idea, let's pitch. <laughs> Yeah, and that's just, yeah. Uh, how how long was the was that idea already gestated? Was it one of the things you you pitched within Microsoft to sort of improve uh, PowerPoint or to make an entirely new uh, collaborative presentation platform? Was that already something that was in your mind before you even thought about starting a new? Uh, actually, it totally wasn't. Uh, I've never spent a single day at Microsoft thinking about uh, about pitch. Uh, at while I was at Microsoft, I pitched other products like. I remember I pitched an idea that I called Microsoft Listen, which was a new uh, tool to uh, create live transcripts of, of meetings and stuff like that. And I thought it would be a really fun idea, but um, the leadership team certainly wasn't very excited about it. <laughs> uh, no pitch happened, happened right after. It happened for multiple reasons. Um, I, I knew my my team and I were really design driven. We love uh, like designing beautiful websites, designing beautiful software. Um, and I knew that's kind of our strength, uh, that and software development. So I was looking for something that uh, really fits. And then uh, I saw a new trend of, of new companies, new design tools. So I remember um, uh, Figma was just popping up, Canva, 
Framer um, Envision was a new uh, design company and like many others. I'm probably forgetting like 10 of them right now. Um, and I, I thought to myself, like, there are only a handful, a handful, like a few millions of digital designers on this planet. I, I think this is a relatively small market. So nothing I would be willing to join as, as another competitor uh, or another player. And I somehow in my head just connected the dots uh, to like the world of creating presentations. And I did some research. I, <clears throat> I uh, remembered that like PowerPoint was installed on more than half a billion machines already. So I thought, okay, this is probably a market of like billions of people so if i build a really great product in that space and only capture a fraction of the market i have uh i potentially create a really successful um business that i can grow uh throughout the upcoming years and um the the vision i developed then was to not just create another presentation tool but really a a uh complete platform for presentations. So I was thinking of what if we create a uh, really modern version of PowerPoint that works a little bit like Slack, like really intuitive, very fast, very easy, team first, uh, and then create a publishing uh, ecosystem as well. So something like SlideShare built into the product where our customers and users can uh, publish their content for free and it's all one integrated experience. Then I was thinking about live data integrations, how cool it would be to actually turn static presentations into living documents with live data through API integrations. And then the the idea of pitch just grew every single day. And then after a couple of, of months, I was just so excited about it that I thought, okay, oh, I'm going to go all in on this. And I started pitching it to investors. Everyone truly fell in love with the with the vision and the idea and the, its potential. And uh, yeah, now we're four years in. Uh, our team is like 150 people plus something. Um, we have now a little over 250,000 workspaces on the product. So uh, workspaces created by our customers and it's a great journey. It's a lot of fun. It's, a, it's also quite openly, it's also a huge product challenge. It's, it's definitely something that <laughs> I wasn't truly aware of in the beginning. It's, it's a massive undertaking for sure. I can only imagine. And, and actually, the, you know what? Your story sounds relatively familiar to me because I, and this is a true story. I was once in a sandwich queue at the next web conference. I'm talking more than 10 years ago. And I met this guy as we were queuing for a sandwich called Peter. Uh, Arvai, and he was one of the founders of Prezi, of course, um, which ended up being sort of this, you know, a startup out of Budapest challenging Microsoft for presentations, which from a product side actually turned out quite well. Like it was completely different uh, experience, but I also know for a fact how much they struggled and how much they underestimated sort of how, how difficult it is to, to get that kind of product in the hands of millions uh, of people. So, um, you must have come across them in your, in your research as well. So did you take any lessons from them there? I actually uh, met him as well. <laughs> it was a really funny, funny interaction because like uh, I was doing Wonderlist at the time uh, and he was working on Prezi. And I uh, I asked him, like, hey, aren't you the guy who builds this like new PowerPoint? <laughs> uh, 
and he got truly insulted because uh, <laughs> uh, he was thinking it's it's something totally different, and I uh, I didn't know what I was saying. Um, but yeah, I have definitely done a lot of research before uh, before I started pitch. Um, I've definitely studied uh, Prezi a lot um, and all other. Uh, failed presentation startups uh, from the past and I um, I tried to basically develop a recipe for success and I uh, I definitely felt at that time that you if you really want to compete with one of the incumbents like Google Slides and Keynote and PowerPoint you should try to not reinvent the wheel which I feel like Prezi is an amazing product, but it somehow really tried to do that. It tried to reinvent presentations completely. Like this experience to zoom in and out of presentations, I think, worked very well for some use cases. But I've actually never seen a Prezi presentation in a in a board meeting or uh, like in most meetings that I've I've been like um, and uh, we just developed a very different philosophy. So we. We basically wanted to take, we wanted to build a similar product where a customer starts using Pitch and doesn't have to relearn anything. It just works like all the other tools, but it's so much faster. So you get really high quality templates for, for example, a pitch deck, a board meeting, a marketing report, and you just get started. Uh, and then you you discover very small superpowers within the product that are just really delightful wow moments uh, that totally convince you that, okay, pitch is probably the future. Um, and uh, I think we we just follow this uh, strategy from the start. And so far, we're, we're seeing pretty good success from it. So I'm definitely very, very happy. That said, I also think pitch is still at a very early stage and we have a lot of homework to do. Uh, um, yeah. And you know what? That is something that really struck me uh, from the beginning when we started talking about pitch in the early days, um, that you are taking your time. You are really, really taking your time to build the best product that you can uh, in a world where essentially, you know, sometimes entrepreneurs after six months already launch a version and then they call it private alpha or beta, but it's already out there. Um, I remember you took like a, I don't know, a year or a year and a half to before you even showed it to anyone, um, if I remember correctly. So, so is that a... A sort of a, an, an, an intentional strategy on your part or, or is it just the way that you work as a, as a person? Um, it's, it's not definitely something that's not connected with me as a person. It's something that I felt is absolutely necessary to build the right product. Um, so at Wonderlist, for example, just to... It, it, the way we've built the first version was completely different. It was me, two engineers... Uh, and we hacked together the first version of Wonderlist within, if I remember correct, like six to eight weeks. Very short amount of time. We launched it. It was an overnight success, like truly an overnight success story. And then we we thought, okay, now we have to build a mobile app and an Android app, uh, iPhone and Android. An iPad just launched, so we had to build an uh, an iPad app. And we in the in the in the entire time of Wonderlist, which was a five-year journey, we had to rebuild the product three times. Uh, we lost a ton of engineers because people were burning, burning out left and right. Um, we had downtimes of like one or two days in total, uh, just wanderless being completely unusable. Um, 
And the reason that happened was we were uh, total beginners. We had no idea what we were what we were doing, and we were learning on the job. And the way we we developed the product was uh, just focused on on speed. Just build it as fast as we possibly can. Um, and it just uh, meant that everything we've shipped had to be rewritten at a later point. And that uh, wasn't uh, a recipe for success in the long term. Of course, it led to millions of users using the product, but then I just felt completely overwhelmed having to manage multiple platforms at the same time. Uh, so having to rebuild the same product for multiple platforms. Um, constantly rewriting back-end, front-end clients, and just I couldn't really build the business in a in a in a in a good way. Um, so when I started Pitch, my my Wonderlist co-founders uh, and I, when we got uh, together, uh, we were discussing what's the ideal go-to-market strategy. How should we get from this rough idea that we currently have to having the first users and learning uh, and so on. And I was seeking advice from other entrepreneurs. So um, one of our angel investors is Eric from uh, Zoom, the, the founder of Zoom. And I asked him, like, how long did it actually take you from the idea of Zoom to launching the first uh, usable client that you, that you sold um, or started selling to customers? And he said two years. And then I was like, okay, let's work with these two years right now. Uh, what do we actually have to build? A full-blown PowerPoint competitor. So a, a full feature-complete presentation software. We have to work with customers, uh, beta users, really learn while we're building the tool um, uh, what the product does well, what it does not so well. Um, and it took, the first year was a year of building the, the first prototypes, exploring what our USPs could be. Um, and the second year was just getting it ready for launch. Um, so I wouldn't recommend that <laughs> for, for other founders, but it was really the right strategy for us. Um, I feel like this, this um, during my wonderless days, this, idea of like lean startups just shipping anything as fast as possible was the right thing to do at that time uh right now i think if you if you want to build really good software products it might not be the best strategy anymore um but generally our uh, uh shipping velocity is extremely high at pitch so we have um we have a lot of engineers and we ship uh, new features and improvements every single week. So we still have this like lean philosophy of let's try to not over-engineer anything uh, and let's ship stuff constantly and uh, make sure the product experience is delightful. And I think our user base can really see and feel it that every single week they go into the product, there's a little um a uh, little pop-up that says like pitches launched something new and we we just talk about what we have improved and uh, this iterative process is working is working very well uh for us and for pitch i think it's the right the right recipe but ask me again for years <laughs> <laughs> i will i will uh but it's also getting traction right yeah. 250,000 workspaces not, nothing to sneeze at um was that is that in line with with what your goals were or or were you hoping for more or what, you know, what's the target for this year, for example? Um, oh, that's a great question. Uh, I mean, 
honestly going into this journey with the Wonderlist experience, like having built this product that all of a sudden got like super uh, successful and like millions of people used it, I obviously had high hopes uh, to to have that exact same uh, success story again with Pitch. And all I was thinking was, I, I need to make sure the first version is amazing, then I'm going to launch it, and hopefully everyone is going to fall in love uh, with Pitch from the first day. Um, I didn't really have crystal clear expectations for the first year, um, but I... Uh, I I am super happy with where we are. We have hundreds of thousands of users. Um, we have a lot of active workspaces, very successful teams. Uh, I think more than 3,000 paying customers now. So I'm, I'm very happy with this stage. Of course, I don't know any founder who wouldn't be excited about growing faster and stuff like that, especially uh, during the uh, this like strange COVID time. You saw a lot of companies um um breaking out so specifically i can think of companies like miro canva figma notion they completely exploded because um uh people all around the world were looking for better tools to collaborate uh, um remotely and for us it has and i hate to say this it, it probably has benefited us in a, in a great way because we're building a product for teams to collaborate remotely and we're also a remote first company. So um, I, I guess that was a little bit of an unfair advantage for us now uh, launching. But that said, uh, uh, many years ahead of us for sure to, to really turn Pitch into an independent, truly successful, sustainable business uh, with yeah. yeah great revenues yeah great well, great and we'll, we'll be watching of course um so you list a couple of things that makes pitch uh mm -hmm. different right so the collaboration um the dynamic template gallery sort of this this real-time uh, data that you can plug into existing presentations and whatnot um what, what are some of the things that users find the the most valuable why do they stick around because i can imagine for you uh, building features and building new products is sometimes different from what the market actually, you know, um, re reacts to. Like, what is the one feature that people love the most about Pitch? It's, I guess it's, it's actually not a feature; it's an experience. Um, so I, uh, I often say, like the the uh, the it's not a single feature where we convince uh, a customer. It's more a, a set of features and like small little experiences that are just truly. Um, exciting and delightful but the the one thing that truly sticks out uh when we um work with customers is uh the time to value like how fast can you actually design an amazing presentation and that is the unique selling point behind pitch if you i remember before pitch i maybe have built i don't know five or six presentations <laughs> throughout my career and usually pitch decks and like every single deck has taken me months with uh, four, five, six, seven people involved from copywriters to designers to my leadership team thinking about the right story and stuff like that. Um, and I've actually never built a deck before myself um, because it was really hard. If you if you open a traditional presentation tool, you start with a with a blank canvas and you have to think about, OK, what kind of story do I want to tell? 
how do, how should the slides look like and it's really hard and um the thing that our customers love the most is in pitch you can just uh pick an amazing template and fill it with your own content and you have a super polished professional presentation within a matter of hours probably instead of days or weeks um and, and that's what we're focusing on also from a from a product development perspective we this year we will launch um a few more uh like features to really help you to get value out of pitch basically right after you sign up so We're working on a new template generator. So when you sign up, you ideally just enter your company domain and get a custom, well-crafted template for you uh, within within seconds, right when you start. So you don't need to invest any work to get started in Pitch. Um, and a few more uh, additional features. So that, that that really help the the that reduce the time to from starting to work on a deck to actually having a fully fledged out. Uh, perfect presentation and and that is really what people love the most it's the it's the speed of the of the of the product great great answer uh okay let's talk some <laughs> let's talk, talk some numbers um mm. you said you had about a little over 150 people working you've raised i think just uh, just under 140 million dollars that tells me you mm. still have a lot of cash in the bank uh, what, what are you spending it on yeah. is it the focus like on getting the most or the best engineers Uh, and software developers out there or or is it go to market uh, what, what are you spending it on um so my my strategy really is to spend the next two years um on perfecting the product and really making sure that uh all all potentially missing features that users are asking for are there and the the quality is really good the performance is amazing and we uh, like we're working on on three new uh exciting really exciting features like big product initiatives one is a publishing platform uh, that allows you to take your decks from within the product and publish them publicly uh, the other one is uh, a built-in analytics suite to actually measure the performance of your presentation so imagine you share a deck with an investor and you actually want to see are they seeing the presentations how much time did they spend on the deck which slides have they ex exactly seen um, so that's something we're launching by the end of this quarter Uh, and a really new cool recording experience to uh, we call this collaborative recordings um, which uh, is a is a great way to narrate a deck as a group and I, uh, that's currently in beta testing and will will probably hit uh, hit the the public build by the end of this quarter as well uh, overall I'm trying to um, Yeah, it's a balancing act, right? You need to perfect the product. Meanwhile, invest in, in marketing and in growing your user base. You need to optimize uh, product-led growth and, and like you need to kind of do it all at the same time. Uh, last year uh, was, and that's that's the fascinating thing about Pitch, I think um, uh, last year really was still the very first year we've been publicly available. So everyone could use our product. So last year I've, been very focused on uh, raising the Series B, making sure we have a great team in place, hiring a leadership team, building some baseline features that users are still asking for. And this year it's about uh, scaling the growth. So uh, building more uh, meaningful differentiators into the product, uh, really making sure that we 
hit the next mm. hit the next phase of growth um and yeah uh just scaling scaling and scaling i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah fun times yeah. i mean exciting times um okay let's talk some more numbers how much did you pay for the domain name <laughs> uh that's a good one um I'm not sure if that's is that something I should mention, uh, <laughs> but it was uh, yeah, it was, honestly, uh, it was a bit of a ridiculous amount. I, I paid half a million for the domain name. Um, yeah, so Christ. I actually uh, paid this myself before I started the company, uh, and uh, no I, way. because I felt absolutely embarrassed to like use my seed funding for a half a million dollar domain. So I just bought it myself from the like Wonderlist exit and was like. Is this like my gift to to pitch? <laughs> um, yeah, but it, I, I guess it also helps in the early early meetings with investors that you already sort of took a gamble on yourself. Exactly, there. and I I think like building exciting brands uh, is also very important uh, next to building exciting products. So, and I thought like, what better brand can you really have for a presentation company uh, than pitch? So. Uh, bought the domain uh had a good friend at uh at twitter who helped me to get the pitch handle <laughs> um and i just nice. tried to make sure we have the full package that we need to uh to do great marketing um yeah Very cool. <laughs> well thanks thanks for giving yeah. the number i really no appreciate problem. it okay one more number uh how big is the chance that you're going to sell pitch to microsoft is it zero percent or is it lower <laughs> I, I mean i have no idea but let me be very open about that i have absolutely no intentions to sell pitch to microsoft and i think microsoft having worked there now for a little bit also has absolutely no attention to buy pitch because they have a presentation software why would they uh, basically publicly admit that uh, there's there's maybe something that is better or whatever uh, like they, they, I, yeah, well they i don't think they could do it to take out an emerging competitor. Almost, of course, right? that that could totally uh, happen. It could also be an acquire hire kind of like acquisition just to get the team to work on PowerPoint. But uh, I will do everything in my power. Like I was, I was not only burned out from Wonderlist because I was overworked, but also because I was kind of sad about selling it. It really felt like uh, part of my identity. I have started Wonderlist together with my co-founders. I was so passionate behind it. I thought. Uh, we could turn this into a Decacorn if we just managed to make it truly collaborative as well and, and support uh, really fast-growing teams with it. And uh, in the end, I sold it because I felt really tired of, of being a first-time startup CEO. And uh, after selling it, I, I just wasn't happy with selling the company. I, of course, loved to be financially independent now and actually have some money in the bank uh, for the first time in my life. But um, definitely never, we never celebrated the exit. We never did a party. We never really got together and like were filled with joy. And with the ambition I have with Pitch is to like develop an independent, successful global winner uh, from Made in Europe. Uh, I, I would love to built my own zoom slack atlassian kind of company um and uh that said i can't predict the future i don't know what's going to happen um but uh yeah can't, so i can't like 
put a percentage on it, but I, I have I just don't want to sell uh, pitch uh, at all. I ideally would love to uh, make sure that our investors have a great financial return on this in the future. Um, there are multiple ways how you can do this and how you can achieve this. But my ideal outcome of pitch is a profitable uh, business at some point that is uh, successful globally with millions of customers uh, and happy customers. That's that's really the mission I'm on, and I hope I can succeed. Yeah, great answer, and uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> make, makes a lot of sense to me. Um, one question that I had as you were talking about this this burnout: uh, Do you think you you're approaching things a lot differently to sort of avoid becoming overworked and burned out? Even if you don't sell the company, obviously startups are always always difficult to build. But how are you approaching things differently to make sure that that doesn't happen? Oh, I I do everything differently. So my my work. My working mode during the Wunderlist days was waking up, checking my phone, running to the office, continuing to work, uh, develop uh, the product. Uh, and then I literally went to bed at like 11, 12. And I uh, did this insane uh, lifestyle that totally wasn't sustainable. Uh, it worked uh, in the end. Uh, it was a success story, but uh, I got kind of sick from it. And uh, at pitch... I started the company, I exercised a lot before, so like four times a week, uh, lots of physical training to get in good shape. Um, now I still exercise two times a week uh, and very intensively. Um, I try to take breaks in between work. I still, to be honest, work a lot. <laughs> um, like it's, It didn't get better during COVID where you can literally only work or watch Netflix um, or play games. But I also have I have a wonderful family, two young children, so uh, I also try to spend a lot of time with them and not just be overly obsessed with my with my business. Good stuff. Um, you, you said you can't predict the future; nobody can. What you can do is match the past with the present. If you would have built Wunderlist in these days, you have so much money on the market, so much. Um, so much has changed, like in the last five years alone, in in Berlin, in Europe, in general. How do you think the experience would be would be different from from when you started out with Wunderlist? Um, I think everything we've done at Wunderlist was the right thing at the right time. Um, like the the App Store just launched, the iPhone uh, the, the iPhone got the App Store, the iPad got the App Store, the Mac got an App Store, uh, and like at that time there was a huge wave of new mobile apps that took over the world. So. Um, I think the timing back then was perfect and we've built the right product for it. Technically, I actually am uh, somehow building a new Wonderlist uh, now, which is Superlist. Right. And the the there we're also operating in a very different way. So we also, like in at Pitch, we take our time, we, we build the product in a very thoughtful way. Um, there, is, there is something I... I have observed uh, over the last couple of years. Um, so you remember Evernote, right? Uh, this like big popular uh, note-taking tool that... Well, they're it, still around. It's not like... Yes, but like, <laughs> like the team is gone basically, right? Uh, and it like didn't turn out to be that no. major success uh, in, uh, uh, at the end. But it was an amazing uh, product that was there at the right time with mm, more than 100 million users. And uh, it was always a solo user product, right? It was always optimized for you taking notes, but not for collaborating at all. 
So uh, then Notion popped up uh, and was a new new kind of like um, uh, like internal wiki kind of tool, internal note-taking tool. And at, when I discovered it, I loved it. And I thought like, this is kind of like the evolution of Evernote, but collaboration first, team first, like made for business users or business use cases. And it's so simple that still consumers can pick it up and like manage their personal lives with it. Um, and uh, now Notion completely overtook this market and is like the big winner. Um, I still think there is like one product missing in the new suite of collaborative tools. And that is like the product for task management. I feel like there are either like these personal to-do apps, uh, to-doist things and all the others, um, or Apple reminders. And there is, um, there is a suite of like very, very B2B oriented project management tools like Asana and Jira and um, many others or monday.com. And I feel like there is no uh, product like Notion for the task management space where you can easily get started as a solo user or as a team and have a really good time working with tasks like i don't have a task management app uh on my on my computer because i feel like nothing really works for me um so to answer your uh your question like very precisely that's what we're trying to do with superlist to really fill this gap and uh build a product that is um kind of like made for teams, but designed for people. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's the difference now, uh, for <laughs> basically. No, 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 makes sense. Um, final question, don't worry. Uh, but uh, how do you rate the Berlin startup ecosystem compared to when you started out? Oh, it's completely exploding. It's absolutely crazy. Like when I joined, uh, well, when I moved to Berlin, I, I was born re really close to Berlin. So I always consider myself a true Berliner somehow. Uh, but I moved here in 2010 or so, if I remember correct. And like at the time, uh, you saw a lot of like new e-commerce companies or like uh, Facebook clones like StudiVZ. Uh, StudiVZ, uh, I guess. Um, then you saw right. yeah. all sorts of like niche community products. Um, then there was a new wave uh, of like new software companies. Uh, I would include also Wonderlist in that bucket. Uh, Amon, Gitsy, uh, Readmill, uh, lots of really cool, more consumer-oriented products. Uh, uh software companies um soundcloud of course totally forgot one of the greatest success stories i think um and these days you just see absolutely everything so uh new consumer companies b2b software companies uh e-commerce companies that are globally successful like it's absolutely wild uh, deep tech companies you see as well ai companies crypto companies so i think Berlin uh, is like insanely successful when it comes to to startups in general. You see a ton of like there is probably more uh, the 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 amount of venture firms <laughs> compared to the amount of companies is a little bit out of balance, I would say. Um, <laughs> but uh, for founders, for founders, it's amazing, right? It's the best time to to start a new technology business, I think, um, and it probably can only get better. Um, 
So yeah, I'm 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 incredibly impressed by how fast this ecosystem has evolved uh, in the last couple of years. Great. Well, don't don't underestimate the role you played yourself. Thank um, you. We're almost at 40 minutes, which makes it one of the longest interviews <laughs> I've ever done for the podcast. But it was really worth it. It's always nice catching up with you, Christian. Uh, wish you all the best with pitch, and uh, we'll uh, reconnect soon to see how things. Thank are going. you so much. Have a wonderful day. And that's it for today's show. Thanks for listening. If you like our show, follow us today wherever you listen to podcasts. And if that place has a possibility to rate and review the show, please do that as well. Your questions, suggestions, and opinions are very welcome. Please send them to podcast at tech.eu and they will most certainly be ignored. <laughs> <laughs>